Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Who's ready to get into the Word tonight? Amen. Turn to the third, third John, the first and only chapter, verse 2. We're going to continue on with uh, what we've been talking about. What, not we, but what I've been talking about. Hopefully we've all been listening to it. <laughs> Praise God. It's so funny when you talk about money. Money Matters is the title. And uh, when you talk about these things, it just kind of cracks me up. It's such an important, it really is an important subject. So much of our lives are, are involved in finances all the time. And to think that it's not important in church, it's kind of crazy. But pastor, I will tell you. I now have the, uh, the dubious distinction of the least watched video on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Talk about money. Nobody wants to watch it. So, uh, <laughs> the first week I was pretty good. And then the second week it was like half. Then last Sunday it was just pathetic. So anyway, I trust that's not you all, but, um, tell you, it's sad. You know, there are th- the words got help for us in every area of our life, you know, and what a sad thing today to, to, to live your life for God or, or those believers and get to heaven and, and look back and see what, how life could have been and what you could have done and the, the impact you could have had for the kingdom of God. You know, I think about that video I'd showed the, the John Bevere message where, you know, the person was stand, the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, you know, he's judging believers, the believers of judgment. And, and this one guy said, you know, I, I was a pastor. And he said, I didn't call you to pastor. I called you to, to be in business. And another guy was in business. And he said, I didn't call you to do that. I called you to pastor. And, you know, and I also think about when it comes to finances, we get there and the, the impact we are to have had, had we been walking in the blessing that he had provided for us, you know, the, not just this kind of a, a mystical thing. He actually paid, bought and paid for us to be financially well taken care of so that we could take care of the work of the kingdom. And for people to get to heaven and realize, man, I could have had a greater impact on the planet. I don't know about you, but you know, I, 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 the movie Schindler's list, you know, I think about that Schindler's list, the last scene of Schindler's list. If you've seen it, you know, Oscar Schindler was a man during world war II that did a lot. He was a part of the Nazi party. And, and of course, when the war started up, he was all about making money and, and, he ended up uh, wanting some free, cheap labor, so he got a group of Jews together, and he, he brought them into his camp, his facility. And over the course of time, you know, his heart began to change, and he, he began to see these as not as just cheap labor, but as actual human beings. And so then he began to do everything he could, you know, to, 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 to reach people or to save these, the, the, the Jew, Jewish people, adding people to the list, you know, and, and, um, and really... Uh, just went above and beyond in what he did, basically lost everything. When the war was over, he entered the war as a very prosperous, very wealthy man and lost everything because everything he had, he was, he was using it to, to get more, more Jews into to, to his factory, to keep more out of the concentration camps, out of the gas chambers. I'll never forget the ending scene of that movie. You know, he, there, there, the, 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 the country had fallen, the allies were approaching. And so the you know, his, his group, the Schindler Jews, you know, they were sending him off go before they come and arrest you. And they were writing letters for him. And, and he was just kind of looking around at the, at the crowd of people that were there to thank him and to send him off. And, and I remember he had that button who saw the movie, he had that button on his, on his jacket. It was a gold, a gold pen was on his jacket somewhere. It was a, a Nazi pen. And he, he was just, he was just over, overcome with emotions. And he's like, you know what, this pen, I, this could have been five more, five more people, or, or at least one more person. 
you know, I could, I could, I could have done, I could have sold this and there'd be one more person here. And I think, you know, this life, when I talk about living our life with purpose, that really, it encompasses everything that we do. And so to, to, to want to, to get to the place where we're prospering the God, the way God wants us to really, if you're, if your heart's right, and if you're looking at it through eternal eyes, it's not a selfish thing. In fact, it's selfish to not want to do that. It's selfish to hold on to the world's opinion of money and finances and, and to, to harbor even bitterness. Even in a situations where people have been abused or, or taken advantage of by ministries or ministers where finances are concerned, to hold on to that really is selfish because you're limiting what God can do in you, but more importantly, what he wants to do through you. There's lives attached, I believe, to every dollar that comes into our hands. There's lives attached to that. Even the money we spend on ourselves, it's a testimony to his goodness, right? And, and he, he's okay with us spending money on ourselves, but he also wants to know that, that, that he has our hearts. We're willing to give to whatever he wants to do. And I tell you, it's so important we get this. The, like I said, when we first started talking about this, this is a subject that, you know, the devil fights harder probably than anything else. You know, he fights the fact that Jesus is the son of God. Obviously he fights that. But once people have, have accepted that, I probably the next topic that he just attacks and goes after is probably in the area of finances. And, and it's such an important thing that we live better. We see better. We understand better of what the word says, but adjusting our heart, you know, to, to get into a place where we can cooperate with the plan of God. There are people attached to what's in our wallets. And that may sound, may sound, you know, uh, uh, you know, irre- irre- I don't know what the word is, you know, unreligious or sacrilegious, probably a better word, but it's re- it's a reality. The gospel, it, it requires finances to reach people. It requires finances to reach people. It requires finances to turn the lights on tonight. It required money. It required, you're here because somebody did something to make something available, Right. I mean, the Bible says, you know, how, how precious are the feet of those who bring good news, but somebody had to send them. How will they go unless they're sent? And that's more than just to go get it. It's a providing them with a way to do it, right? It's one thing to tell somebody to go to do something, but you don't help them do it. That's an, that's an entirely different thing. Chris Rallam has reached millions of people in Africa. Literally millions of people have been reached through his ministry. He couldn't have done that without people like us, churches like us. It wouldn't have been possible. That, that's, that's incredible. We get a part of that. Well, we have to, we have to learn to, to grow in our finances, to grow in our expectation of what it means to be blessed, why we do these things and not, not let the enemy, you know, lead us around by the nose and tell us what we should believe and what we shouldn't do. No, God's got better for us. Amen. Anyway, you know, in starting this, I was really felt really impressed to talk about this and I'm still excited about it. I believe God still has some good things for us and things he, he wants us to show, but in the Psalms, the, the set, or third John, rather, verse two, it says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So we can see here, this is something that's uh, vitally important to the Lord and uh, he wants you to prosper. Amen. Let's make, conf- let's make some confessions together. Say the Lord wants me to prosper. Me. Say it again. The Lord wants me to prosper. Me to prosper. Say all my bills are paid. All my debts are paid. I'm debt free. My cars are paid off. My cars are working. All the money I need is here. I've got everything I need. My bank accounts are full. (laughs) Woo, praise God. You know, pastor talked about the, the spoken word. We need to say these things. You know, 
I said earlier, if you have anything you're facing, you got to fight, take a stand. The first place you stand is right here. That's the first place you stand because I don't know about you. Thoughts will come when it comes to money. Thoughts will come, you know, two plus two, or, you know, that you, you know, your the thoughts will come. This is what's coming in. This is what needs to be done. That doesn't equal. Well, you, you can't, you got to answer that in your body. You got to answer those things. So when we make confessions of our finances, this, we're not just saying things. We're confessing God's word over the, over that we're releasing our faith, right? I tell you, God moves on our behalf. I tell you, that's how we lay hold. That's the first step in laying hold of, well, first step is knowing what his word says, but taking a step of faith, speaking God's word over your situation. He wants us blessed. Praise God. So I had several things to, to just rev, to review and you can go back and, and, uh, and look at all those things, but let, let's just go to my, Matthew chapter six. And my iPad just crashed and everything disappeared. I told you, the devil doesn't want us hearing this stuff. You saying the devil has something to, might have something to do with it? He might just. There we go. He doesn't know I know how to work technology though, so. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, the 19th verse. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, like I said, when we started this, talking about the, the, this is, a, is, not, is, is as much as anything, it's a revealer of who we are. It's a revealer of what's really important to us. It's a, re- it's a revealer. Jesus said where your treasure is. And actually that word where means exactly there. It doesn't mean somewhere around. It means exactly there. Where it means exactly in that, that place. Your treasure is. And that just says your resources, money, riches, investments. Where that is, your heart will be also. You can't, you can't uh, uh, dissect the two, divide the two. It's not possible. And, you know, God, it, it, for his ultimate stance, you know, when it comes to our money, it's not so much he wants our money, he wants our heart, and he can't have one without the other. And so it's such an important, uh, important subject and, and topic, and I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the things we talked about before. And just as a side note, go to Malachi chapter 3, Malachi the third chapter. Uh, Luke had talked to me about this last Sunday, and um, we talked about tithing. Last week, we, in the morning, we kind of got started getting to that direction. But in the evening, we talked about tithing. Take go back and listen to some of those. They'll be good for you, what the windows of heaven actually means. Yeah. But uh, in Malachi chapter 3, it says, Well, a man robbed God, yet you've robbed me. But you say, In what ways have you robbed you? In tithes and offerings. It says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then it says, To bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. He said, right, try me now in this to see if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out such blessing there won't be room enough to receive it. But this, this, this food in my house, this subject of food in my house, you know, Luke had talked to me, he knows somebody that one of his big objections uh, to tithing is the fact that it says food in his house and, and we don't bring food to church. So uh, maybe I'm paraphrasing it wrong, but he, he doesn't believe in it because we're not actually bringing food. And so uh, we don't do that anymore, so I don't have to tithe. It's talking about bringing food. It doesn't even make any sense. Food in the house, is there's spiritual food. 
You know, under the old covenant, the, the, the Levitical priests, you know, they, the priesthood, they lived off of the offerings that came in. The offerings that came in supplied them with the ability to do their job, perform the duties that they did. Well, even today, you know, the church, obviously you have to bring money in. The tithes need to come into the storehouse, into the church, because there's still work to be done. You know, one of the things Brother Hagin had said, he said that in his ministry, his ministry only suffered in times where he was busy having to do other things other than ministry. If he was having to focus on clerical things or, you know, busy details of this, that, and the other. He said those were the hardest times in ministry where he sensed the anointing the least. And, and he said he was the least effective when he was distracted with other things. Well, you know, the, the ministry offices for them to do what they need to do have to be able to focus on on. On the ministry, remember Jesus, you know, uh, or the disciples rather, the, they split everybody up. So it's not right for us to, to leave preparation for preparing the tables. So they set people up to do it. Well, this is also part of the same idea. Our tithes and offerings, mine included, allow there to be food in the storehouse. Spiritual food for us to partake of. Things for us to learn and to grow by. Um, you know, we're to, to desire and to seek the sincere milk of the word, but to then also to move on past that. But how can you move on if it's not being dished out? If, if it's not being served, if it's not being prepared for you, then how can you really grow? So I can do it on my own. Well, yeah, we can all grow on our own to a degree, but I think if that's, if that's the answer, God had this thing all messed up because Jesus designed there to be the local church and for us to gather together. He thought we needed it. We obviously, we needed some instruction somewhere else. More than just we can get what we can come up with on our own. We need food, spiritual nourishment, other than what we can necessarily find on our own. My life has been changed by the ministry of others. This man right here has changed my life. Brother Hagin changed my life. I can think about different ministers who've come through, that they, ministers of the gospel, the things that they share, they taught, changed my life, that I wasn't finding it on my own. If it had been up to me, I'd have never gotten those things. Well, you know, our tithing, our giving from that standpoint helps us to grow. And this is true as well. If you're not, if a person, one of the dangers of not being faithful in tithing and giving offerings, but specifically in tithing, he tied it right here to there being food in the house. If you're not doing this, of course, we know the tithe belongs to the Lord. He said the tithe is his, it's his, it belongs to him, right? And so we don't want to rob God, but also we don't want to rob the house of the spiritual food that, that God intends for there to be. Right. right? We, we, either way we're robbing God or ourselves or others by not doing this. And so that's why the enemy fights this topic and fights this subject so much because he wants us to say babies. He wants us to not grow up, not develop. And I believe this is true as well. And if a person isn't tithing, then your ability to receive of that food will be diminished as well. The food that is there, you'll get less out of it. It, 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 it only makes sense if where your heart is, where your money is, your heart is also. If you're not yielding in your finances into, the, into God's plan, how things are done. We proved last week that tithing was pre-law, had nothing to do with the law. Abraham, uh, Isaac, they all tithe. Jesus even talked about it. If we, res, if we, if we don't go along, we're not, we're, we're not letting our hearts align with his. And then we're not able. You can't receive right if your heart is wrong. You can't even receive from the teaching you're getting if your heart's, if your heart's not right. You say, well, how can you say my heart's right? I'm, I didn't. 
Jesus did. The word of God did. The Holy Spirit said it. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I didn't say it. He said it. And so it's an important thing we do. So, you know, this, this idea that there's a purpose behind this, there's a purpose behind it and it benefits us all the way around. And he said, you know, try me now on this and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven for you. And we do believe that he'll do it. Amen. Proverbs chapter 11. We got to hurry. Proverbs chapter 11. So last, last week we talked about tithing. Uh, and, and, and we didn't really get into offerings. Maybe we can do that some other time in conjunction with another aspect of this, but it did say in Malachi tithes and offerings. So we know that both are, are taught the tithe belongs to him. That's the part that's his, that he, he gives it to us to pass along that specific amount. And then offerings is what you do on top of that. If you're giving offerings, but not tithing, then you're not accomplishing either. Your offering really is an offering. And your tithe doesn't exist. You know, we talk about tithers versus tippers. You know, it just, it just doesn't work. If you want to be blessed financially, you have to settle for yourself. I'm going to tithe. I don't care what it looks like or where I'm at. I'm just going to do what God's word says. I'm going to take a stand in my finances. And if I have to not do something else for a while, if I have to put something else off that I want to do, if I have to not buy this or drive this longer or whatever it is, I'm going to do it because I'm not going to rob God. I'm going to get my heart correct. I'm going to get my finances in line. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll do it, the word says he will bless you. But it says here in Proverbs eleven twenty four, it says, there is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. And so we talked last week that Part of that withholding more than is right would be the tithe and would be offerings. Why the tithe it's his and he teaches us to give offerings. And so to not do it, we're withholding more than we should. And he said, if we do that, it leads to poverty. It, it, it results in a person not having enough. I know the common way of thinking is, well, I just to hold on to it, store it up. That's how I meet my The kingdom of God, the financial kingdom plan, uh, financial plan of the kingdom of God is totally different. And so uh, giving is important. With, we want, want to withhold more than is right. But there's another part of, of withholding more than is right. And it's, got, it's tied to the issue of honor. More than is right. There's a couple ways of looking at this verse. So you can look at it and, and apply it, which I think is right. We can apply it the way we did about tithing. It's not yours. So to withhold it means you're stealing. But it says here, it said, there's one who withholds more than is right. It didn't say that he didn't do something. He just withheld more than he should have. So he could, it, it, it's an indication they did something. They just didn't do it like they should have done it. Maybe it was more, uh, uh, there was something that was missing. And one of those things is the issue of honor in our giving. Uh, it's an important thing. Go to Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs, the third chapter. I feel sorry for people if they're not, if they don't, if they look at the videos or the sermon list and they go, oh, I'm not listening to that stuff. It's just, it's hurting them. Not that it's me speaking, but is it the, the word of God will set you free. This is part of the gospel of Jesus, the gospel to the poor. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Remember, this is not a, 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 a law book. This is a book of wisdom. He said to honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase. Honor is an issue of worship. 
I say that when I pick up, you know, a prayer of the offering, read a scripture beforehand on Sunday mornings. I often will mention honoring. This is a part of worship. We're worshiping the Lord with our giving. And that's exactly what it is. It, you, I said this morning, I think, you know, you can have a terrible voice and not like to sing, but you can still worship God. And this is a valid part of our worship is honoring the Lord with our possessions. Those possessions, possessions just means wealth, riches, substance. Uh, the first fruits is the beginning best, uh, first best part. And the, the first fruits includes our tithes and offerings. And we'll get to some of that later. But, and then uh, the first fruits, of, first fruits of all your increase means the gain, the increase, the income, the revenue of your life. So he's actually talking about money. We can honor God with our finances. And that's why it's so important. You can give, but your heart not be attached to it. You can go through the motions and do and, and actually bring tithes and offerings, but not have your heart connected, right? And end up missing out on the blessing because you withheld. I say you, I'm talking about in general, right? We, whoever the per, this mysterious person, we're talking, not accusing anybody, but this person withheld more than they should. They even went through the motions. They gave something, but they denied or, or withheld the honor that was attached to it. It's such an important thing that, that we honor God with our finances. Worship is directly tied to our giving. You know, when you look at the very beginning when the, the three wise men came to, to worship, remember Herod, you know, sent the three wise men. He said, find out where he is so that I could come and worship him as well. So they sent the wise men and they came and worshiped him. Does it say that they sang songs? I'm sure they probably said something. I'm sure they said something and they probably with their mouth, they praised him and worshiped him vocally. I'm sure they did, but it doesn't say that. What does it say they did? They gave him gold, frankincense and myrrh. Very costly, very precious. Gold is, gold is precious now. Gold was super precious then. Uh, frankincense, myrrh, they gave, these are, were very expensive items that they gave him. They worshiped the baby Jesus. It didn't say they worshiped him any other way other than with financial things. That's how they worshiped him. So when we, we, we pray over the offering on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. This, it's not a small thing. We are honoring God. I mean, we are worshiping God. And it would be wrong, it would be wrong of us and really silly to come in on, on a, like tonight, you know, Lord, I praise you. I don't, I don't want, I'll spare you. I won't sing it. But and come in with an attitude as we're doing it. Lord, I praise you. I mean, you know, that, that wouldn't even make any sense, would it? Right? To, to sing angry or to sing uh, with an attitude or to sing grudgingly. Man, I'm being forced to sing this song. I wish Michelle would leave me alone. Lord, we praise you. You praise you, him. I'm not doing it. Now, you know, and sometimes some of y'all faces might look like that, but I'll move on. But wouldn't it be silly to come and sing a song with an attitude attached to it? You're saying the words, but there's actually no heart. Well, how much more when it comes to our offering to make sure that we don't just do it because we have to, or with an attitude behind it, or man, I'm paying a bill. This is not paying a bill. This is not some terrible thing that the Lord has, ta- has claimed 10% of my money. First of all, you got money because he gave it to you. He gives you the power to get wealth. Never forget that, right? But it's not a drudgery. It's not a problem. It, it, it is a part of our worship. We need to approach it this way. I mean, I can tell you, taking the offering on Sundays, oftentimes, who's ready to give? Eh. There's like three or four people that are ready to give, you know. 
We have to train ourselves to not let other things, you know, get in. When, when Amy and I will pray over offering, we didn't do it this morning because I was, <laughs> it was a crazy morning this morning around here, but we like to pray over offering ahead of time because I'm up here praying over it and it's a little different. You know, I'm trying to not say something stupid when I got the mic or, you know, whatever. And so I'm trying to, you know, so we pray over it ourselves and, and we want to make sure this is, this is precious. This is holy. This is the Lord's. And so He's blessed us, and so we, we want to take an opportunity to stop and say, thank you for what you've done. We, we, it's, it's not just a random thing. It's we're honoring God. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians. You know this, this verse. Pastor read it for years, and I read it every now and then too. But um, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 9, we love these, these verses. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Remember, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And then it says what? So let each one give as he purposes where? In his heart. Let him give, but don't just give. Give as you purpose in your heart. We've said it before. If your heart's not in your giving, I'd rather you not give. To be quite honest with you. as, As a pastor who loves people in our church, I'd rather you just not do it. If you're going to give with the wrong attitude. If you're going to give grudgingly or feel like you're being pushed to do it or have a bad attitude about it, you might as well just keep it because putting it in an offering, there's no blessing attached to you. In fact, in, in that way, doing that, you might actually give and not have enough. There is one who's scattering, but it will lead to lack because you're withholding the honor that's due, right? He said, let each one give as he purpose in his, in, purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Why? God loves what? A cheerful giver. That, that cheerful is, a, is the Greek word hilaros, right? We get the word hilarious from it. And that means prompt, joyous, prompt to do anything. That means they're looking for an opportunity. That's the heart we're to have. When, when it's time to give, what a blessing. You might think, well, I just don't look at it that way. Well, you can change how you look at it. Anybody ever had their mom or dad tell them when they were a kid, you know, you can get happy in the same pants you got sad or mad in, right? You know, you, you can just make a decision. To get happy, no matter, you can just make the choice. I, I, I have a tendency in me to, to give grudgingly. I'm going to make a shift and make an adjustment to give joyfully. And, you, and, and that, that's not necessarily a flesh thing. You may not feel joyful, but you can let your heart get joyful. You make a determination. I'm not going to be motivated by other things. I'm going to give with a joyful prompt to do it. And when, when the offering time comes, man, I'm looking, oh yes, let's go. Now, some people might think that's weird. I'm talking about our giving up working for us. We're talking about what the Bible teaches about giving. Any area that the Bible teaches that challenges how we do things, don't let it be a challenge. Let the Bible win. Let God's word win. Don't, don't let it be a challenge. If you're challenged in it, just submit and, and it's no longer a challenge. And there's blessing attached. The Bible said in Isaiah, if you're willing and obedient, what? Eat the good of the land. Doing it is not enough. It's willing and obedient. If you're willing but not obedient, that doesn't work. Well, I love to give. I never do it. I love to tithe. I've never given any of it. You're probably not going to be blessed. But then doing it, but with an attitude. Here that comes. Well, then you're missing the willing part. You can get super willing right away. These are little heart things, little, little heart adjustments they're so, they're so important. The Bible says to guard your heart above everything else with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. These things will creep in 
and cause us to be ineffective. He, if the devil can get in there in these areas, he, he, can, he can get in all kinds of areas. It's simply protecting your heart. Got a new project comes up at the church or something we need to do with Chris Rallum or uh, Sister Jackie or whoever it is. Oh man, they're, they're, they're wanting us to give some, towards something else. That's what we're called to do. We're losing sight of the fact that he has designed us and ordained us to be people that the windows of heaven are being poured out and emptied out on. When you're looking at life through those, that perspective, well, I'm not there yet. You got to start somewhere. And it starts with taking a stand. This is what the word says and this is what I'm going to have. And I'm going to get excited about what I don't see. Because the word promises, I, that's, who I, that's what I'm going to do. When an opportunity comes up to do something, man, yes, thank God. This, it's a, we, we say this over, over the, we said it over the playground. You're, we're coming to the end of your opportunity to get involved. It's an opportunity. Once that's done, you can't sow into that anymore. It's done. You won't be able to sow into it anymore. That's not just word, word ninja skills trying to trick people into giving. We, we, you know, we want you, this is an opportunity. God wants you blessed. I love the amplified of this. It says, so let each one give as, as he's made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things. People say God's not interested in money. Money don't, doesn't matter to God. I may not be able to read well, but I can read that. He's talking about giving. He said he takes pleasure in prizes above other things now he doesn't say all things remember jesus got after the scribes they tithe all the all of this stuff he said you should do that but you forget about walking in love so there are other things that are more important that doesn't mean we sh- he this isn't important he said he prizes it above other things not everything but other things and it also goes on to say he's unwilling to abandon or do without the days we live in we got to know God, because I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and I'm doing it with a cheerful, joyful heart. He is unwilling to abandon or do without. When God makes up his will to do something, he's made up his will, right? When he is unwilling to do something, he's made up his his mind. He's unwilling. And when he wants to do something, he's going to do it. And when he's not going to do something, he's not going to do it. He's not going to have you take a stand of faith. He's not going to do it for you. He won't do that. There's a lot of things he won't do for us. But it's also a thing he won't do is he won't abandon or do without a joyous prompt to do it person whose heart is in their giving. He means it doesn't matter what's going on. He'll look over a crowd of, of, of 8 billion. What's on our planet right now? Seven, 8 billion people. He'll look over all of those people and find their whose heart is loyal, right? He say, well, your heart can't be loyal if your finances aren't loyal. Right. And he said, I am unwilling to do without that person. That means no matter that everything could completely go crazy tomorrow. God will not abandon you. Woo. Praise God. I mean, the stock market, I mean, bulls, bears, whatever, they could both get shot. I mean, you know, and be dead, two dead animals, right? God will not abandon you. You got to know that. Because he loves you. Yes, he loves you. He loves everybody. But that doesn't mean everybody is okay. You got to do something. If you want to be born again, you have to confess. If you want, if you want healing in your body, you got to stand on the scriptures. If you want to be blessed financially, it's called a covenant. Every part is two side. Praise God. He's unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Woo! 
praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that describes me. Does that describe you? That describes me. I mean, I, I, I honor God. I th- I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. I am grateful, but also I'm grateful that I'm, uh, uh, he's allowing me. And really I see it though. He's allowing me to position myself to be someone he is unwilling to abandon or do without. That's the grace of God right there. That's the grace of God to be able to be in that club or that part of the family or have God look at me that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's God. He's unwilling to abandon or do without me. That's why you can live life. No matter what's going on, you have to stand your ground because things will try to talk to you. No, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. My heart is right. Remember when we read in Haggai, he was taught, he told him to consider your ways. He said, you know, you've been doing your own thing first, putting your stuff first. He said, he said, you're doing all this while my house lies in ruin. He said, consider your ways. But he went on to say, from the day you set your what? Heart. From the day you set your heart to do it, he said, I will what? I will bless you. These things are so simple. Don't let hardness of heart keep you from what God has for you. Don't let hardness of heart, money is one of the top ways hardness gets in. But hardness in any area, don't let hardness of heart, don't let it into your life. Don't let it. You're not hurting anybody but yourself. Like I said, we're, I said all along, we're not trying to get anything from anybody. We're not trying to, we're not, t- John's already, I've said it every time, John, we've already took it, taken up, taken up, nice name, good English, right? We've not, we've already taken up the offering. We're not going to take it up again. There, there's victory here. There's help here. Amen. You know, when our kids were little, we started teaching them early, early, immediately, when, when things would come in, well, you know, remember 10%, that's, that's God's. And, and, and then what are you going to give above it? What are you going to do beyond that? Then tell them what to do, but we have to figure out what's 10%. They got a dollar. What's, we'll, we'll, let's make some change. Let's figure it out. Okay. What is 10? This is, it's a, it's, ma- it's math. We're doing high level math with our kids and they're little and we're showing them, you know, it's 10% and you take that to God, you know, man, God was honored by their bringing that, that dime out of the dollar. And then, you know, what do you want to give on top of that? It's a penny. If it's five cents, if it's, if it's, if it's 50 cents, whatever they want to do above it. I mean, you know, we would tell them, listen, God will bless you. And God has blessed our kids as a result. Many around the room, your kids have been blessed because we've taught them these things. The word works. Pastor even said this morning, it'll even work for people who don't even know them. Say, well, I don't know if that's true, Pastor Greg. What about Acts chapter 10, Cornelius? Now, he, he, he had a heart for God, but he didn't know him. He was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. He didn't know God, but he, he had a heart for God and he gave. The Bible says his alms, his giving came before the Lord as a remembrance. He wasn't even born again. And God was blessing him, his giving, not just his prayers. Remember he said, he said, I've heard his prayers and his, his, his giving, his, his alms have come before me. His prayers and his alms have come before me. His giving motivated God to do something and com- Peter completely changed his, his, well, he got into a scuffle over, you know, and Paul later had to pick it up, but, but he was the first one to introduce the fact that this isn't for the Jews only. This is for the Jew and the Gentile. That revelation is why we're here. We're here tonight. We have a ticket into glory, into eternity on, well, we all have a ticket on into eternity, but we've got the good ticket. 
We've got Willy Wonka's super golden ticket. You know, we've got the really, really good ticket. You know, the other ticket is a terrible ticket, right? But we've got the good ticket. This all started with Cornelius. He didn't know God. He said, he took Peter down, sent him down to talk to him, tell him what they must do. They got born again. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What started the whole process? His prayers and his alms, his giving. This is important. <laughs> oh, it's 8.04. What time did I come up here? Anybody know? <laughs> Eight. It was definitely longer than that. Go to Genesis chapter 4. I have several of these I can read. We'll, we can get back into Malachi. I remember last week I said Malachi is an amazing book and it really just, just kind of mirrors where we're at right now. And uh, we'll get back into that maybe next time. But Genesis chapter 4. This is uh, verse 1. This, is, this, this has been an issue from the very beginning. It says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, and he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. Verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not, if you do, if you do, not do well, sin lies at the door. And his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Of course, you know the rest of the story. He didn't, he didn't make the adjustments. And the first murder, what a mess. The human race went full Jerry Springer show, first generation. And it's terrible. And it was all over an offering. What a mess. You think the devil hadn't been fighting this from the beginning? Why does he fight this? Because he knows it's honor and he wants your worship. He doesn't want God having your worship. He wants, he wants your worship. And if you, if you, if you do other things with your money, then you're at not worshiping God, not, not, that's another problem with not tithing, not giving. You're withholding honor, worship, but where it goes is, is worshiping something. If it's all kept for yourself, yes, Lord. <laughs> if you can mute what it's one of those up there, that's it. If you keep it for yourself, you're worshiping something. Who are you worshiping? Either yourself, but ultimately you're worshiping the enemy. Because it's his nature, it's his thoughts, it's his way of doing things and looking at things that would cause you or influence you to not worship God with your finances. So just by default, you're really worshiping him. That may be hard for some people to take, but I mean, it, you're, you're, where your heart is, where your money is, your heart is also. If it's not with God or the things of God, it's with something else. You know, Wednesday night, a couple weeks ago, we talked and introduced the subject we've done next door. There's two kingdoms. Everything's coming out of two, one of two places. And, and everything's motivated by one or two things. That's it. Everything. It's really not that difficult. 
It's coming from one or two places and there's one or two results. Sealing, killing, destroying, or life and life more abundantly. That's it. Period. Well, withholding it, you know, not, not doing this, we're, we're really honoring, worshiping the enemy. But I used to always look at this and kind of thought, man, you know, when I was younger, maybe not as smart or as handsome as I am now, I would read this and I think, wow, that's kind of a bummer. You know, Cain, he, he was a farmer. Sorry, Dr. John. And, and Abel, he, he, was a, he was a hunter. He was, you know, Cain was Dr. John and Abel was Brother Steve. And I think, man, you know, the Lord didn't, the Lord doesn't like fruits and vegetables. You know, I mean, obviously God must be a carnivore. He must not be a, he, you know, he must not be, you know, uh, what, what's the, a vegetarian. God obviously is not a vegetarian. So don't try to get me to be a vegetarian. You know, I'm going to, no, I'm going to like meat too. Cause obviously God liked meat. He didn't like the veggies. He, you know, he skipped over the green, the, the broccoli. He went straight to the steak, you know, I thought, wow, that's terrible. I mean, he, he gave Cain gave. And a lot of times people do, well, I gave, I'm given something. Isn't, isn't it good enough? That there's an honor problem. There's a saying, good enough isn't. Good enough never is. Pastor read the scripture that, you know, this morning, Romans chapter 10, I've got to stop, but that you may, you know, recognize the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I personally believe those words are in the order that they're in. Good, they're, they're progressive. Good is not necessarily acceptable. What's well, good? There's a, there's a level past that that's actually acceptable. And then there's the perfect. Well, I'm doing good. Well, your good may not be accepted by God. Cain did good. He gave something, but it wasn't accepted by God. He said the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. They both gave something. What was the difference? Well, it says that Cain, go back up to uh, 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 verse 3, and time came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the, to the Lord. That sounds good, but it was of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought the firstborn of the flock and their fat, and of their fat. See, right there, you've got a, a distinguisher in the heart behind, behind, between the two gifts. Cain gave of, gave of what he had. But he withheld the honor that was due because it wasn't the first and it wasn't the best. See, why? Sure, the more you talk, the more it sounds like you're trying to work up us to give. No, I'm telling you, this is the way this works. I didn't write it. Cain gave something, but it wasn't accepted to the Lord. Imagine he, he gave and the Lord's response did not accept it. It it bothered Cain so much that he actually killed his brother over it. The first two human beings born by the human race, not created by God, but born by the human race, one of them killed the other person. They both gave, but one killed the other one because his heart wasn't right in the matter. But it said of Abel that he gave the first, of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. The firstborn, not the secondborn. When it comes to your tithing, your giving, now you might say, now you're getting into, now you're getting into semantics, Pastor Greg. No, I'm, 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 what I'm saying is, how are you looking at it? 
When your tithe comes, I've had people say, well, you know, we, we kind of process things and we see where we're at and see if we can afford to tithe. No, no, no. You don't process anything until the tithe is, the tithe's not even in the factory. It's, first of all, it's not yours. That right there tells me, leave it alone because it doesn't belong to me. So I can't be factoring whether I can afford to steal or not. I can never afford to steal. In the natural, that'll get me a, a you know, a, a six by 10 cell doing that, right? You know, I don't want that. So I, 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 but a lot of people will say, well, I'll see what I've got, what's coming in, what the bills are. And then we'll see if we can, you're, you're right then. It's not the first. This may seem like semantics. It's how you look at it. This is, remember it says that the tithe is the Lord's. It's what? It's holy to him. If it's holy to him, it's holy to me. It has to be. Well, you set that aside. It was the, the firstborn. He didn't wait till they had the, another, another, the secondborn, the thirdborn, and then pull out different ones. Hey, I'm going to give you the very best. But then he also said it was uh, the firstborn. We found my place and of their fat. That actually means the richest or choice part, the best, the finest. It's the first, the richest, the choice part. And it was the good cut of meat. I mean, it was, it was the, it was the fillets. You know, what's a bad cut of meat? The round, 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 you know, the round, you know, the round. What else, what else is a bad cut of meat? Gristle. What? Gristle? Gristle. If that's a cut of meat, I don't want any of it. That just sounds terrible. That sounds chewy just even thinking about it. <laughs> what's that? That's bad. It is bad. It's, he didn't bring him a bunch of gristle. Well, this part I don't like to chew on anyway. So I'm going to give that to the Lord. Woo, look at me. I gave that to the Lord. You gave something, but you withheld more than what was right. It was the honor that was due. See, we try to play games with God. No, I, I'm honoring God. I, I treat this as sacred. But which one did you eat? Did you want to chew on that gristle? No, but you wanted me to chew it. You wanted the round. You know, you wanted me to have the round and you kept the filet. So much of these things are just little attitude things, how we look at stuff. And we'll stop. We, we, it's 8.15. We'll stop. But um, we'll get into Malachi, back into Malachi another time. But uh, first and best, not last and left. I think I said that a couple weeks ago. First and best, not last and left. Make that little saying part of how you approach your finances. I'm going to give God my first and best. When, when we, we pray over the offering on Sunday, hopefully you've already thought about it. Hopefully you're not in your seat trying to write something out unless the Lord tells you give some extra, but hopefully the tithe part and you've already decided I'm going to do something. Hopefully you've already figured that out. First and best, not last and left little things. Listen, God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. He wants you prosperous more than you want to be prosperous. Why? There's people attached to it more than just you. He's a good dad. He wants you living and good. He wants you driving good. He wants you eating well. He wants you taken care of. But he also wants to reach all the rest of the people out there who don't know him, who are headed straight to hell. Abner Yoder, his, his giving over the years, how many people came into the kingdom of a result of what Abner Yoder did? He lived well. As, in, in addition, God, he had, a, he had a good life. He enjoyed life. He was blessed. But he did so much for the kingdom of God. God wants that for us. He needs us. He really right now needs us to step up in this area. You know, he needs us to get solid in these things. 
Amen. We can continue to be the light he's called us to be. Praise God. Say with me, say, I am blessed. God wants me more blessed. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Now you may not, maybe you've not been, but, but remember the moment you set your heart to do it, he'll start blessing you. Now follow through. He'll bless you on credit, but follow through the next chance you get. You better do it. Right. But I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Say it again. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. The windows of heaven are open in my life. (laughs) Hallelujah. They're being poured out, emptied out into my life. Every bill is paid. Every debt is paid. I have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Plenty of cash on hand to do whatever I need to do. God is making me a funder of the gospel. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 That's not being selfish. That's just being kingdom minded. That's looking at money through the eyes of eternity. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. We'll pick it up some other time. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.